Fun Factory.com has partnered with Locker Room Talk and Shots. So when you use my special code, SELS20, you get 20% off your Fun Factory purchase. Just head to us.funfactory.com and use my code, SELS20, at checkout for 20% off sex toys, lube, massage oils, and more. Cheers. <laughs> Do the sex. Hi, this is Annette Benedetti, your hostess for Locker Room Talk and Shots, the podcast that likes to think of itself as the queer NPR of raunchy women's sex talk. You are about to sit in on the kind of conversations women have on their girls' nights out or behind closed doors while enjoying delicious drinks and dishing about sex. Think fun, honest, and feminist as fuck, and always with the goal of fighting the patriarchy one orgasm at a time. Welcome to the locker room. <laughs> Ring loop. Today's locker room talk topic is Jasmine Jafar, from attorney to top OnlyFans creator, an Iranian immigrant woman's story. Uh, as my uh, title suggests, my guest today is Jasmine Jafar. She is in the top 0.1% of OnlyFans creators. She is an OnlyFans model and an online sex worker. And I am super excited to talk to her today. I think this is a very timely podcast. Um, I am really curious about her journey. She has uh, an exciting, interesting, and empowering story to tell. But Jasmine, I would like you to say hi to my listeners real quick and maybe give them a little intro to who you are. Absolutely. So first of all, thank you for having me here. I'm really excited to be here as well. Like you said, my name is Jasmine Jafar. I am 27 years old and I am a online sex worker and I run a pretty successful OnlyFans page. But I guess what makes me a little bit unique is that I'm also a licensed attorney and the two aren't mutually exclusive, although a lot of people think they are. Um, but it's, I agree that it's definitely not two careers that you usually see, you know, go hand in hand. Um, about seven months ago now, I left my law firm where I was working as an attorney in order to focus more on my OnlyFans career. And since then, I've made the decision to be very open with my story in order to normalize sex work, to kind of spark discussions surrounding some of these stigmas surrounding sex work, modesty, purity culture, and its correlation with morality. And right. Yeah, and I and I appreciate you be, being willing to come on here and be so open. This is a topic again and again in past episodes. I've made clear to my listeners uh, I really wanted to dive into, and that myself and everyone who supports me and helps me with this podcast, we are big supporters of sex workers, uh, and we think that the the work that you do is super important. So it's great to have this opportunity to really talk about it on the podcast. But there's really so much more to your story. Um, so let's dive into it. We do have drinks. Unfortunately for for Jasmine and myself, I got a cold this morning. So I'm I'm only I'm drinking immune system and stress relief tea. That's what I got. Oh. I know. Tell me you <laughs> well, have something have fun. A, I have a s'mores mocha. I've oh. never tried one before, but I'm like, okay, and it's actually pretty good. A little caffeine in the evening. What's going on? I don't usually drink coffee, but I was on my way home and I was like, I'm going to, I need a drink. So I was like, let me just grab some coffee. All right. Coffee and tea. So thank you for joining me. Uh, cheers. Now let's talk about sex. That's the hard stuff right there. All right. <laughs> so what I want to kick this off with is your family. It comes from a country, uh, Iran, correct? Where yes. women are incredibly systematically uh, oppressed. And this year, the oppression of women in Iran finally gained, I think, the spotlight it deserves, unfortunately, through the murder of most, the well, most well known murder is uh, of Ma Massey Amini, correct? Yes. And then hundreds of other women who have since revolted in, uh, 
solidarity be behind being outraged about what happened to her. Basically, uh, the quick and the dirty of that was I think she exposed she didn't wear her headdress uh, appropriately. It's basically about her being uh, too not modest enough, correct? Yes. So in Iran, it is mandatory that women cover their bodies. So you can't be supposed to have long sleeves. You're supposed to have a head head covering. And you're technically not even supposed to wear makeup, nail polish, anything. But a lot of women still wear makeup, still wear nail polish. They try to push the boundaries as much as they can. But then you put yourself at risk of having a situation like this where somebody wants to make an example out of you and the morality come and morality police. And yes, that is a real thing. There is morality. police. Literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. And they come and they make an example out of you. So this is something that the women there have been dealing with since before I was born. Um, it's the main reason that a lot of Iranian people left Iran, including my parents. Right, right. So... I was just thinking to myself today as I was reflecting on that and everything I've been reading about and watching uh, about that's going on over there and how desperately uh, the women there are trying to get the word out and trying to be seen and get help. Um, and and then how impactful it is to have you here um, and then choosing to use your opportunity to do exactly what you want. And in this case, it is sex work. In this case, it is showing your body in whatever fucking way you choose. And um, we're going to get into your story about how you chose between being an attorney and being um, an OnlyFans creator. But I just want to, has that been, I mean, how does that make you feel when you see what's going on over there? And here you are just like bucking every system and doing exactly yeah. what they can't. Yeah. So I do, I, I have a, a lot of emotions about it. You know, part of me feels very guilty because I'm like, wow, I'm over here with all this freedom and I'm choosing to do whatever I want. And I have that freedom. Yes. I may get some pushback, but you know, my life isn't in danger by the government. And then part of me feels very angry about it. Part of me feels very grateful, you know, that I am in this country and I do have the choice when I know so many other people don't. I mean, a lot of times we're so focused on everything wrong here and everything wrong um, with the system we have here. And then when I compare it, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm really lucky to be in a place where I have this right or when I have rights at all because the women there don't. So it is something that has been definitely on my mind and it motivates me to use my platform in order to spread this message. And the young people in Iran in particular, I think everyone in Iran, but the young people in Iran are very fired up about this. So I have actual people when the internet isn't cut out there, that people in Iran who message me from there and they say, hey, like, thank you for doing this. It's inspiring that you're doing this. And those messages really touch my heart. I bet they do. Uh, and I think one thing that really drew me to your story is just, you know, and we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but you are someone who has not only gone through college, but you've, you've slayed it. Like you went through your first four years of college and, and you graduated with a 4.0. You went through law school, you nailed it. You passed the bar exam the first time through, which is not necessarily common. Uh, you became an attorney and you made a choice. And I think a lot of times when it comes to women and sex work and women who choose to use, uh, their, their, aesthetic, their sexuality, uh, to make money people it's, it is looked down on like, Oh, you're doing something because you're desperate, not because you're making an educated choice. And you're a woman who understands the power that you have and you have the intellect to harness that into a profession. And that, that really stands out to me. Uh, have you had a yes. lot of comments about that? We'll be right back. My code SELS20 is your key to kicking off the sexiest new year ever had when you use it at funfactory.com. Enjoy 20% off Fun Factory's luxury products, including vibrators, cock rings, lube, and more when you use my code SELS20. Check out the Vim vibrating wand. Yes, the one featured on this podcast thumbnail. Grab the nose vibrating cock ring and experience more simultaneous orgasms in 2024. And don't forget, 
forget to check out their rabbit style vibes. I'm talking about the Lady Bai for toe curling blended O's all year long. Just fill your cart and use code SELS20 at checkout and enjoy 20% off when you shop funfactory.com. Cheers. Oh, all the time. I get comments. Well, people that don't know, they'll just see me, you know, I'll be doing a live on TikTok or whatever, and I'll be wearing something, you know, low cut. And people are like, this is what women do who don't have other talent. This is what women do who aren't smart enough to do anything else. She must have a lot of skills. She like, you know, they say these things and then it's like, I come back with, well, I actually do. You know, (laughs) I am a licensed attorney. As you said, I did graduate summa cum laude. I did get a full ride scholarship to a great law school. I did become an attorney and I still want to do this. And I don't, and they're like, oh, well then maybe, you know, she has a traumatic childhood. She has daddy issues. That's another main one. And I don't have any of those things. I have a great relationship with my dad. He's actually coming right after this podcast. Um, and I, and it makes me, it really motivates me to, to be open with my story and to show people like, Hey, look, sex work isn't something that people only choose as a last resort when they have nothing else to offer. It's literally a first resort for me. And by, I guess, standards around us, I have many other options available to me and I have a lot to offer and I still chose this. Right. So that brings me to, I want to talk about why you chose that, but, and, and was there a pivotal moment? I mean, because you had become an attorney, you worked for a law firm, right? Uh, can you, can we talk a little bit about the lead up to that decision and if there was a pivotal moment and why you made that decision? Absolutely. So I, I think I have to just go back a little bit and talk about kind of my upbringing. So I grew up in a, like we said, in family immigrant household from Iran. And for those of you that aren't familiar with our culture, and I think there are a lot of other cultures um, that are similar to this, our parents kind of have like set careers for us. Like it's like doctor, lawyer, and engineer. And my mom's a lawyer. My dad's an engineer. It was like the stereotypical Persian family. And it's just kind of expected. I think for a lot of other people, it's kind of like expected. You go through elementary school, then you go to high school, and then you go maybe to college or maybe not. For us, it's like just the expectation. You go to high school, you go to college, and then you go to medical school, or you go to law school, or you go get a PhD. It's not like, in fact, I literally remember at my high school graduation, and all the other parents were so proud. And I was like, aren't you guys proud? They're like, no, are you not going to graduate high school? <laughs> to them, they were like, this is like, this is why would I, you'll be proud of you when you graduate law school, because that's the end. And so I never really questioned it. And because school did come easy to me, I just thought, oh, this is, you know, the way to do things. And I I liked school. I was an intellectually curious person. I like learning. And so school and like that lifestyle of you go to class and you take a test, that was all fine and dandy. But the closer I got to graduation, I I just had this feeling like, oh, after this, like, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Like, that's why I'm here. I'm here to then go to law, to then be a lawyer. And I know what that entailed. I know that I saw my mom live the lifestyle. My sister's a lawyer. I have so many lawyers in my family and I knew it just wasn't for me, but I'm like, well, you're, fuck, you're, you're like almost done with law school. Like, what the fuck are you going to do? Just be like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I, um, I never thought about OnlyFans or anything, but then when I started it kind of studying for the bar, I literally started it as like a joke. I never thought in a million years this would happen. And I started becoming successful at it. I realized it was literally the first thing I ever did for me. It was the first thing I had ever done because I wanted to do it. And I remember like the moment that I made this decision, I was sitting in my room and I was doing both at this time. I was leading like this double life, which was very interesting, but I was like a lawyer by day, sex worker by night. (laughs) And I was like, what's holding me at this job? And it was really just that safety. Like, oh, I'm still a lawyer. I'm not disappointing anybody. I'm still have a prestigious job, et cetera, et cetera. And I was doing it because of other people's opinions. And I was like, okay, so I made a list of everything I had accomplished in my life for me and everything I had accomplished in my life because I just felt like that was the way to do things or for my parents or for society. And I saw that literally one of the only things that I had accomplished for myself was growing a successful OnlyFans account or being a sex worker. And that was when I was like, okay, you need to stop living for other people and live for yourself. If you just took the opinions of everyone else out of your head, if you just took the stigma and all that comes with it out of your head, if you took out the idea that people only are in sex work because they have no other options, what would you choose? 
And I decided to trust myself. And, you know, people thought I was crazy. Probably still think I'm crazy. And I was like, but I knew, I knew in my heart that it was right. There's one other moment is when actually my parents found out and my dad, um, which I'm very close to, he told me on the phone and he said, and I was, I'm very, I was not only very close with my family, but I'm very, I was very dependent on them. They had financially dependent, uh, they financially supported me up to this point. And they, I was also very emotionally attached to them. And he said, look, if you stop this, he's like, you know, I'm really disappointed in you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, but it's fine. If you stop this right now and you just never do it again, like donate all the money to share, whatever, um, then it's okay. And then just go back to your normal life. The second he said that my entire body just started like it internally was like, no, it was just like, no, like, and I never had that kind of reaction something my parents told me it was always like yeah okay what i'm supposed to do but it was in that moment that i knew like the second i pictured my i was like this is my one way out i i gave myself this way out for the first time i did this and i'm not giving it up and i'm not gonna go back and i'm gonna do what i want i'm not gonna do what you want and it was i never went back from there okay so i'm gonna back up um how did you get introduced to OnlyFans? You just saw other people doing it and you're like, hey, maybe I'll give this a shot. So, I mean, OnlyFans kind of blew up in the height of the pandemic, like 2020. And in 2020, I was still in law school and I saw it and I was like, this is really cool. Like women are making like great money on this. But I never thought like, and I didn't have any social media. Like I didn't have an Instagram. I didn't have like any digital footprint prior to this. And now this is, you know, wow. so I'm it was like yeah I know it's really weird and people are always surprised by that so that's why when I get the comments like she just wants attention I'm like don't you think maybe I would have wanted attention like even if like five years ago when I was like in college I have huge tits like I, I didn't have any social media back then and I was like this is really cool but it just seemed like so far away like it just it seemed like I don't even know how to start this and then one of my friends started it and I was like oh that's really cool she's like oh but you have to go through this verification process well I was like okay this is going to be hard and then I was also worried because um you know you have to pay taxes on that and my parents were still claiming me at that point as a I was like oh my god they're going to find out and I was like okay like no and then in 2021 is when um, I was like studying for the bar and I had a couple other friends that started it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to create an account, get verified, you know, and then it was just baby steps. Okay. I'm just going to post a couple pictures up on Reddit where I did most of my promoting. And then it was like, oh, okay, I'm making some money. Okay. And then I just kept building and building on it from there. Um, it wasn't like I dove in head first and was like, okay, fuck law. I'm going to do this. Right. Right. So it was just the small steps now on OnlyFans. I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest. I, I, I'm not super familiar with it. I don't, I mean, I don't know what all takes you post photos, you post videos and are they all, they're all sexual sex, sex based. So one of the great things about OnlyFans and what I think separates it from some of the other websites that I think host this kind of content is number one, you you own all your content. And two, you have complete control over what you post. So there are people that have OnlyFans accounts for like cooking stuff that aren't right. explicit at all. But I think what it's known for and the majority of people do post like nudes. Some people post full on like sex tapes. You can kind of post anything you want within their, their guidelines. And again, with another... Another thing about them that separates them from a lot of these other places like Pornhub is everybody's verified. If anybody else comes on there, I have to. They have to be over eighteen. They have to sign a consent form. I think it's a very safe platform and a very safe way to consume this kind of content. And oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, like, if I want to bring somebody on, which I'm actually going through this process right now, I have to get their ID. I have to get them to sign a consent form. They have to hold up their ID. They have to hold up their consent form. The consent form has like how long you want your content to be on this person's page. Like there's a whole process that is involved in making sure that everybody on the platform wants to be there and consents to being there. And you have complete control over what you post. And if, you know, if I want to delete everything tomorrow, I can. And if, yeah, it may be leaked in other places, but it's still copyrighted material. I have avenues to take the content down. So it, I, I really like that aspect. And because you're a fucking lawyer, you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I actually have some stories where that has come ha- in handy. <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. Um, all right. So you start tiptoeing into it. You mm-hmm. have this moment with your dad. How did you 
how did you tell your parents? Was it like you invited them over for dinner and then? (laughs) So this is one thing about my personality is I was somebody that like, I hate keeping secrets. Like it just, I feel like it just disturbs my peace because I'm just so afraid of this person finding out and then it's not on my terms. And because I was also so close with my parents, it was really hard for me to keep such a big secret from them. Um, and I, I was constantly like in anxiety. And literally when I tell you, like my parents were fully, like I was still a student, I didn't have a job or anything. So they were fully supporting me. They had access to my bank account. So like I had to call the bank and open a secret bank account and have all the money. Like it was just so many secrets happening. And what actually ended up happening is my sister knew about it and she didn't really care, but I had somehow, I don't know, I got mad at her about something because I found out she, she, the reason she had subscribed secretly was she wanted to make sure I wasn't posting anything that would like, you know, show where I was like more safety reasons. She's very like, you know, nervous about that stuff. And I just randomly was like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. So I called up my mom. (laughs) This is a funny story. And I was like, mom, I have an OnlyFans account, but she subscribed to it. Isn't that like, I wanted her to be mad at her and not me. (laughs) My mom's just like, what? And I just was like, and it, but I knew like it was something I wanted to get off my chest for so long. And she didn't know much about it. Like my parents are not internet savvy. I had told her that one of my friends was doing it like a year ago. And she was like, oh my God, that's terrible. Even to this day, she calls it my fan. Like my my fans. fans. (laughs) She doesn't call it OnlyFans. I love that. And I don't want my dad to know. And she, I was like, don't tell dad. And she's like, okay. But then like, we were all acting. So we like, and my dad's smart. He's like, what's going on here? And he kind of like figured it out or they told him. And I didn't know this till recently, but they had that like family meeting, my mom, my dad, and my sister. And before my dad called me, because I was like, why is he so calm and rational? It's because they like had talked about what are we going to tell her? How are we going to get her to stop doing this? My mom tried to not talk to me. My mom tried like a bunch of stuff. And my dad, then they were like, if anyone can convince her not to do this, it's my dad because me and my dad are so close. And I told you, like, even when he said that, I was like, no. And then my sister was like, well, you're choosing this over your family. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like, if OnlyFans came to me and was like, in order to be on this platform, you have to cut off your family. I would never say yes. But if I'm making this decision for myself and my family, chooses to not talk to me or disown me or whatever because of it, that's their decision. I can't live for other people. I can't live in alignment with their values. I'm my own person. I'm the only person that has to live this life that I create for myself. So I'm going to live it in a way that's conducive to my happiness. And so how did you, uh, how did they eventually come to accept it? I mean, it sounds like you clearly they're coming to visit you. You're hiding Mm -hmm. your dildos and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am hiding my dildos. I don't do um, that. I leave mine out and about my place, but I'm I'm trying to get them more like open, but that, that will be very I don't think they I honestly don't think they know the dildos like they are from like we said, a culture where this is not sex is not something that's talked about openly. Like my mom like first kiss was with my dad. Um, but what happened was, yeah, they stopped talking to me for a little bit and they were trying different ways. Like, like I said, I was completely financially dependent on them. So they tried to cut that first. And I was like, well, now I'm making a bunch of money. So that's not going to work. You know, they tried to do all these different things to try to get me to stop. And I think eventually they realized that it wasn't going to happen. And at the end of the day, they love me. And I, and my parents are not like, you know, people think because I'm from the Middle East, like they didn't honor kill you. Like, no, <laughs> they weren't like, I know, they weren't like that. But eventually my mom and she, um, she just texted me one time about something random and I didn't answer because I decided that I'm going to set boundaries and you are not going to pretend like nothing happened. And then she called me again and again. She told me, she's like, look, I love you no matter what. I don't agree with this decision, but you're my daughter and I still love you. I just don't want to know about it. So that happened first. And then my dad was still not talking to me. Um, But then when I got my, because they knew after I took the bar, but before I started my job at my law firm. So when I started the job at the law firm, they both texted me like, we're so proud of you. Now you don't have to do that. any. like, you got this job. Like, we're so happy for you. They thought that now I'm not going to do OnlyFans. Um, and so, you know, and then me and my dad started like, you know, talking here and there and seeing like, you know, I'd go home for Christmas or I'd go home for something. And then it just became fine. 
And then like now he knows, he sees that I'm very passionate about it. He sees that for the first time I'm working hard. Like I'm not somebody that usually used to work very hard. Um, And he knows that I'm doing well. I'm making all this money. Like, I think they just realized like, okay, she's going to do what she wants. And I wouldn't have gotten to that, to that point if I didn't let shit explode, if I lived in that fear. So something I tell other people, and obviously every situation is different. Every set of parents is different. I don't want anybody to be like, you know, putting themselves in especially Jeopardy or anything like that. But sometimes you just have to let shit explode yeah, and then fall and things are going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to sit in that fear and, and sometimes the worst you imagine the worst and what happens is, is better than the worst, but if it's not, then getting through it because yeah, you can't let your fear of what's possible stop you from doing what you want to do. Uh, What I want to know now is how long were you doing both your job as an attorney and OnlyFans? And then what was the catalyst to dropping the job as an attorney? We'll be right back. Start the new year off with a bang. My code explores 15 gets you 15% off womanizer.com's famous pleasure air text sex toys. You know, the clit satisfying sucking sensation that guarantees explosive orgasms. Just go to womanizer.com and check out my personal favorite, the Womanizer Duo 2. Get ready for blended orgasms or the premium two. Womanizer.com has something for you, whether you are seeking clitastic satisfaction, blended orgasms, or explosive G-spot experiences. Just shop womanizer.com and use my code EXPLORES15 at checkout for 15% off. That's 15% off all womanizer.com products with my code EXPLORES15 at checkout. Cheers. So I was doing both for like nine months and I was living this kind of double life, like I said, and one, so there was a multitude of things. One was like, if my firm found out about this, they would fire me. And I, and I knew that this whole time. So I was just like, okay, I have this job. And I did almost feel, cause they were putting all this training into me and they were, I loved everybody at my firm. They were really, really nice. People, and I'm still in contact with them. Like, it's not like, you know, they hate me now. Um, but I, so there was, that was, there was that aspect of it that I was like, okay, like how hard do I want to work in a job where if they find this out, they're going to fire me anyway. Number two is it was really hard to do both. Like I was literally losing money (laughs) because I wasn't able to focus on this. I was making way more doing this than I was doing that. And when people were like, okay, what are you going to do in 10 years? The first thing I would think of is I hope not this, like, I hope I'm not sitting in an office in 10 years. I hope I'm not you know, working in some corporate traditional, I hope I'm not still here trying to figure out how to meet my billable requirements. Like the, where that lawyer job was leading was not somewhere I actually wanted to be. The only place it was leading was to that security, safety, perception of others. Like I was in it for fear. I was in it out of fear. Like, okay, I'm still a lawyer and it's like something to fall back on, but it's not what I really wanted. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be okay. Because The confidence I got from making that decision, the confidence I got from trusting myself and taking a risk that so many other people wouldn't take. Now people are like, well, what are you going to do in 10 years? I'm like, I don't, I could do anything now. Before I thought I could only be a lawyer. And it's so crazy because when I had a very stable, perfect future ahead of me, I hated the thought of the future. Like I hate, I was just like, oh my God, my life's going to be miserable. Now that the future's full of uncertainty I don't know what's going to happen. I'm so excited because I know that it's completely in my hands. I can start a business. I can advocate for sex work for the rest of my life. And I can do anything I set my mind to. And that's something people used to tell me all the time, but I didn't believe it until I did. This. Now I'm like, oh yeah, I can do anything I want. It uh, resonates. Uh, when I started my podcast, I was super afraid at first. I was like, because I was writing, I was a writer before freelance writer and marketer before I was like, Oh, will anybody ever hire me again when I start talking about like semen facials and like blowjobs, you know, all of this shit, like, once it's out there, it's out there. But I think that what you what you're saying is so powerful. What I think, especially women, because I think especially women, 
you know, fuck, we've watched with uh, having a president who openly talked about grabbing people's pussy and he was still fine. But women, yeah. <laughs> you know, you became a lawyer. Uh, you chose to do OnlyFans. And the first thing people think is like, well, you could never be a lawyer again. Well, how the fuck does that line up? How the yeah. fuck does that line up? But, you know, I also had that same fear. And and, and I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to do yeah. what I want. I was like, I don't want that. I don't. The jobs that wouldn't hire me because I do this are not jobs that I want. You know, exactly. That's, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, if I wanted to be in this corporate, climb the corporate ladder and become partner of a firm, why would I want to leave my job right now? Like, you know, right. so it's not what I want. Yeah. And, it, and I think there is just this empowerment when you step away from, from the direction that everyone else has been force feeding you as the best direction and you follow your own instinct and you find success as you obviously have. Um, and then you're like, Oh, I can do whatever the fuck I want and make it work. Right. Yeah. It's 2022. Look around you. The people that everybody likes, the people that are successful are people who are doing things differently, especially with the internet, you know, people, all the things that our parents used to tell us aren't going to make you like video games. You know how much money people are making off playing video games online? Like, there is no like there's no way right path. Do whatever the fuck you want. Don't listen to other people's opinions. Everyone else's opinion is bullshit. Trust yourself. Do something that you love and go for it. That's my motto. Yeah. Yeah. So when we come back, we are going uh, to talk to Jasmine more a little bit about like how she ended up making so much money. Um, I also want to spend a little bit of time talking about the backlash you've gotten, if you have, what that's looked like, how you're dealing with it. Um, and then maybe, maybe uh, round it up with some tips for other women out there who might be wanting to do the same thing, but not know how to do it and be successful and are maybe in that fear space. So uh, after uh, this short message, we will be back. Cheers. And we're back. So we have been talking to Jasmine Jafar, who is uh, an Iranian immigrant woman who went from being an attorney of successfully making it through to becoming an attorney and chose instead to uh, dabble in the only fans world and then slate it. And is now in the top 0.1% of OnlyFans creators. Let's talk a little bit about what that means. What, is, what does that mean to be in that percentage? Um, it means that out of all of their creators, they look at how many followers you have, how much money you're making, et cetera, et cetera. And they kind of rank you. So you get a percentage, like you are in the top, you know, kind of like income, top 1% of, yes. you know, like your bracket. <laughs> right, right. Um, right now I'm actually in the top point, like zero, zero, seven percent, but I just rounded up to 0.1% of all their creators and I'm, I'm growing and growing each month. So this is a very, it can be a very lucrative field for so many women. And I think like you said before the break, I think fear and stigma is preventing so many women from maybe going down this route. And that's a shame because you get a lot out of it. I took a little, a little look at your OnlyFans subscription levels. And it looks like the subscription is like $6 a month. Is that correct? Yeah. So I keep my subscription price low. So there are, there are girls who have like different, some people think you should have it high. Some people think you should have it. Now I've kept it like that since the beginning. Um, and I have a really high like rebuild rate, which is how many people have their rebills on and they subscribe to you every month. And if I were to increase it, then OnlyFans would ask them if they wanted to resubscribe. And that would probably make me lose some. And what I do is, yeah, that subscription is, is just that. And I just post like pictures, videos, and then my more premium content is behind a paywall and you have to pay to unlock those. And I, and I make really good money off those. I do live streams. Um, I do a bunch of stuff on there. So subscription is like kind of an entry fee. I would say. Right. So the subscription gives you access to like the photos you're po posting and some basic videos that you do. Now the premium yes. content, when you stream, are you, stre are you streaming pornography? Are you streaming? What is that? What is this streaming? I, I, that's like the PPV. That's the stuff you put under the paywall. And oh, I do okay. all the content. And what I would, if some recommend to other women that maybe want to do this is your men have a very wide and women have a very wide range of things that they like. So some people want me to do like more dominant, like role play stuff. Some people want me to do more submissive stuff. Some people 
really want me to, you know, love dildos. Some people love me like, you know, being in public and being in the car, you know, just try to, and I'm, I'm a solo creator as of now, I haven't done content with other people. So I've had to get very creative and there's all kinds of like kinks and stuff people are into that I had no idea about. And then I learned about it. Like one thing that's very popular are it's called JOIs. It's like jerk off instructions. And yeah, and I didn't know about it. And at first I was like, this is really weird. And now it's like my favorite type of video to make. You can do like boob focused ones, you can do like just different kinds of those and, and just all different kinds of stuff. So the content I do really varies. Um, and it's actually fun to think of, okay, what am I going to shoot tomorrow? What am I going to shoot today? What can I do? Okay, maybe I'll go to the pool and shoot something at the pool. Like people like all different kinds of things. Wow. I'm going to have to have you back on to explain some of the kinks <laughs> because- Oh yeah. my gosh, it is. There is so many kinks and it's crazy how popular some of them are. And still people are like ashamed of it, especially there are certain cultures that people are more, you know, sex is more repressed. And I think that just causes so many problems. Even Americans are pretty uptight compared to like Europe. Like my European fans literally come in and they're like, Hey, I'm George. Like, can you send me this? And I'll send it to them like, okay, cool. Have a nice day. Whereas like people who have that shame surrounding sex that they like, as soon as they, you know, they, they call post nut clarity, they get like, they delete their account and then they come back later and they're like dealing with this like internal conflict. So it's really interesting, even as like so a sociology mm-hmm. kind of, and I'm very like nerdy like that. So I love it. I love having OnlyFans. I love like seeing how people are and how they behave. Right. And, and seeing how people do, uh, feel about the kinks they have and how they work through that. I mean, I think even in my own journey, I, I never say never anymore when it comes to, I'd never do that. <laughs> like the fucking minute I say that I'll end up in a situation where I'm like, eh, why not? <laughs> exactly. Um, and I think that it is important for people to be able to find this is where the sex work and the integrity of the work and the importance of the work come in is that sex workers do a lot of that work that help make people feel okay with who they are, what they want and, and strip away that shame. I wouldn't kink shame outwardly, but I would be like, Oh my God, I can't believe people are into that. I can't believe people are into that. I can't believe people are into that. And then you see like, oh my gosh, there's so many people into this and they're normal and they're just like everybody else. And you know what, when you try it, you kind of liked it too. You know, it's just a lot of people that don't knock it till you try it. Soccer dads. The soccer dads (laughs) are all out there getting kinky. Um, So it sounds like where you kind of make the bulk of your money, well, maybe all of it, but that you do have individuals that then can request specific things from you and that's premium price. What ways of promoting yourself have you used that have been most successful yeah so this is the hard step part because you know as content creators and and OnlyFans doesn't promote you like them like you have to promote your your content and um as sex workers we have the unique challenge of a lot of platforms don't want us there right so they don't allow this. They don't want you promoting your OnlyFans. So like, for instance, TikTok is very lucrative, but TikTok, every sex, like we literally have a thread on Reddit for other OnlyFans girls. And when I say we've been, I've been banned. I got banned today. You can't be, like you just, and this is not because I was like naked on TikTok. It's just, if you have a link to an Instagram that then has a link to an OnlyFans, they consider that sexual solicitation. Instagram has gotten stricter with this too. They consider sexual solicitation. If I go on live and I say, hey, come follow me on OnlyFans, they, they really don't want us there. So some platforms that are really good, like Reddit is, I think it's where I kind of got my come up and where I started posting first. Reddit is far more like free speech, free expression friendly. They allow you to post nudes. Um, Twitter, we don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on with Twitter now, but before <laughs> Twitter did allow you to post that that kind of content. So as sex workers, we are constantly dealing with trying to promote ourselves on a bunch of platforms that don't want us there, even though they use us like TikTok got big off of girls coming there, shaking their ass, shaking their titties. And then once they get big enough, they're like, oh, no, we don't we can't do this anymore. And um, banks, the app, the Apple, the, these are people that so like when OnlyFans was trying to there was a time I don't know if you heard where they were trying to ban explicit content. That was because of pressure from banks. Like, you know, MasterCard was starting not to work with them. When Tumblr, Tumblr used to be, and this was before I was even 
kind of into the internet. They used to be a, that used to be a big place for explicit content. They banned explicit content, and everyone. I used to think the same thing. I used to think it was Tumblr. No, it's because Apple said they're going to take them off the App Store, which would essentially render them. It would kill their business anyway. So that's been very difficult. But you do use Reddit, TikTok, Instagram, Twitch. Some of some of the girls on Twitch are killing it on 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 um, OnlyFans. You just use the same platforms everybody else everybody else uses, and you just kind of have to work around the rules. And what about YouTube? YouTube too. So I actually just started a YouTube channel not long ago, and that that can be a really great place, not only to promote my OnlyFans stuff, but I mostly started it because I wanted to talk about this stuff. Um, and I subscribed today. <laughs> I, I have, I have a video coming out soon. That I'm really excited about. So YouTube is really new to me. It's definitely different. I'm comfortable on live streams or when someone else is there, but like when I'm just talking to a camera, I'm like, Oh, this is, this is different. So give me some time to adjust to things and then I'll be killing it in the YouTube game. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm, you know, listeners, I keep promoting, I'm working on building my YouTube channel. Uh, one, one of the reasons why is I'm so frustrated with places like TikTok that, you know, I can't talk about anything over there. Anything. <laughs> yeah, but the horrible fucking people can. The, for, the Racists oh, yeah. can say shit. Fucking misogynists can. TikTok's content moderation system is terrible. And then they rely on either AI or like, reports so they're like for women there's i mean just being a woman that does what i do you're gonna have a lot of people hate you and be angry at you a lot of men in particular be angry at you and if i get enough reports they just ban me without even knowing why like Mm -hmm. i've literally because i've been on live and there are a bunch of people telling me to take off my clothes and i'm like i'm not gonna take off my clothes like well then we'll report you and i'm like and then meanwhile tiktok's like we're trying to keep a safe community i'm like this is how you keep a safe community by letting the trolls run the community. Like I've seen that YouTube is switching it up and looking to compete and definitely. And I'm like excited about it because I think YouTube handles- shorts. Mm-hmm. and Instagram is too. Instagram as of recently, like we're all, we all use our TikToks as reels on Instagram and Instagram's rules are a lot more, you know, you at least know what they are. TikTok is who knows what they're doing. And so I hope, I hope that YouTube and Instagram, I know TikTok seems like it's just growing bigger and bigger and bigger, but if we can get some of these other platforms, because the the thing with TikTok is it's the most lucrative because you can grow the fat, like you can go viral really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, My biggest platform where I'm very successful, my most successful platform is Reddit, but that's like slow and steady increase. And now I have a pretty strong, like I know I'm going to get a certain influx of subscribers every time I post on Reddit, but it doesn't have the ability that TikTok has where like you can like shoot up. Like there are days where I've made like 10 grand off one day on TikTok. It's crazy money. Yeah. And that, and then you'll be banned and then you'll be back to zero. So a lot of sex workers who rely on TikTok, they deal, like I have a lot of friends that they will be like, Oh my God, I'm doing so great on TikTok. Then TikTok will take it all away. Reddit on the other hand and other platforms don't give you that surge right away but they're more steady. So different platforms are are very different. And I think one way to be successful as doing what I do is you just have to know and you have to diversify. And then if something goes wrong here, you have your other platforms to fall back on, et cetera. Right. So when you say that then TikTok takes it all away, does that mean when you say you surge, does that mean just the influx of people um, subscribing to your OnlyFans through TikTok? Yeah. So I'll exactly. So I'll like get online. People will find me. People will be like, oh, my God, she's sexy, whatever. And then they subscribe to you. But then TikTok will ban you from going live. They'll ban you from they'll ban your account. Sometimes they device ban. So, I mean, this is like sex worker 101 that we all have multiple phones. Because we have to get a new phone every few times we get banned because TikTok will ban your device. And it's worth it because it's like, okay, I'm paying this much for a new phone, but I'm going to get this much in subscribers using that phone to go on TikTok. So we all, we, we talk, we make jokes about how TikTok is our abusive boss. Like, our, like it really is like, you would think like, oh, I don't have a boss now, but TikTok is so, it, it's like, it's just enough. We make, like, it's so it's like so terrible to us, but it's like gives us enough of a return on it that just enough that we're going to we're willing to go through it. And it's just like we I got used to it. at first. These bands used to just like devastate me. And now I'm like, oh, OK, 
Just start a new one. <laughs> right, right. All right. So now let's talk about backlash. Have you had backlash and what does that look like? I have had a lot of backlash, um, especially since I've been more open with my story. Like it's like when people hear that as a lawyer, I made this decision, it just angers them. Like it just angers some people. I've gotten a lot of backlash from like more of the conservative Middle Eastern community. Like, oh my God, how can you do this? Blah, blah going to hell, whatever. Um, I, I, yeah, I get the same backlash that a lot of other creators get, but I also have that extra because I am very like, yes, I'm a lawyer and I do this, but you're so stupid. Why would you go blah, blah, blah. And the way I handle it is this may be just because of my, I, I like it because I'm a lawyer and I like debating. And to me, it just gives me an opportunity to talk about the things I'm passionate about and to like battle it out. Like if I'm sitting on a live and someone's like, this is so sad. Women don't have self-respect. I'm like, great, 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 great. Why is this sad? Let's talk about it. Why are you sad? Why, what, why does this mean? I don't have self-respect. What does self-respect mean to you? Why do you think I'm immoral because I'm not modest? Where do you get your morality from? Okay. Let's talk about objective morality. Where do you get your, like, I am very into this stuff and it has sparked a lot of great discussion on Twitch on TikTok, et cetera. So I use it as an opportunity, these negative comments to talk about it. Like, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, just ignore it. I'm like, no, I don't want to ignore it. I want to use it as a tool to talk about the things I want to talk about and to kind of push back against these narratives. Because a lot of these comments come from common narratives that we hear in everyday life. And so I'm like, great. Okay. This is what you think. Why tell me why? And I'll tell you why I disagree. And let's try to go back and forth. Even if that particular person doesn't do it, I have enough of an audience that other people are going to hear my ideas and and chime in and everything. So I'm maybe one of the few content creators that I love these kind of comments because that's exactly what I'm looking for. Right. It gives you a a chance to educate a little bit. And I think so much education around this needs to happen uh, because it, it alters bigger things out there, you know, exactly. for women in general when it comes to sexuality, right? Yeah. So, I mean, so fact- I do like little responses on TikTok. Um, you know, like I just did one right before this where somebody was like, you girls are just addicted. Like, you, this is something that you only hear. It's like, you guys are now addicted to fast money and instant gratification. I'm like, well, are you commenting this under professional athletes? Like posts? Like if I go, I, I just want to know, like if I go on an NBA player's Instagram post, how come I don't see these comments? under? They have a short career too. You know, it's like, it's something about sex work in particular that so many people see it as different just because by default. And then they throw these narratives or around it that they don't apply to other things, even though it has maybe similar characteristics. Also, fast money is fine. <laughs> yeah. like, oh my God. It's it's preferable to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder, and it would be interesting to see uh, the generational, um, the generation on that comment, because I think the older generations ha- are still stuck in this thing of like, I really had to work long and hard for my money. And I'm like, and, and younger generations are coming along and like, yeah, you're kind of getting ripped off by people using you as a workforce and, and, and younger generations have been changing that, which is fucking amazing. Instead of getting pissed off. It's amazing. You know, that's one of the comments. I love when people are like, get a real job. I'm like, great, 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 great. Okay. What's a real job? Define a job. Tell me why this isn't a real job. And they're like, oh, basically the answer is because you're not miserable working for a boss and you make your own. So that makes it not a real job. I'm like, so I don't understand is having a real job. It mean that you're doing something you hate and you're doing something that pay you well. And that, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, but you know, it, sometimes the answer is so simple. People are like, why did you do this? And why did I'm like, cause I didn't want to work a fucking nine to five. Like, are we just all going to pretend that we just love doing that? And that if you had a way out to make what you used to make in a year and a month that you shouldn't take it because you just want the hard work. Come on. Well, and it sounds to me like you like what you do, like it allows yeah. creativity and, um, you're comfortable with your sexuality and your body and you have, you know, what it takes. And I, I was watching, um, one of your videos. And I love that you said that there's a place for all sorts of different women and men and different bodies. This isn't just something that is, oh, it's, it's just because I look a certain way. You're like, anybody has access to this because there is somebody out there that wants what you got. 
right? Exactly. That was one of the things that really surprised me because I was one of those people before I got in that thought like, oh, you have to look a certain way. And then Reddit was actually, it told you where I started. And I started seeing Reddit threads, chubby, stretch mark, like brunette, redhead, small boobs, big boobs, tall, skinny, et cetera. And, and that was, that's, people are like, why do people pay? Why is OnlyFans popular? Porn is free. I'm like, because people want to see normal people. People want to see the, the OnlyFans wouldn't be what it is if people didn't want to see the girl next door that ha, that doesn't have the porn star body or, you know, there's, there's women in there. Like one of my best friends is doing this is like, like way older. And you, yeah. I mean, she doesn't look, you know, there's people are like, oh my God, you're going to be done at 32. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm curious. Do you get more negative comments from men or women? We'll be right back. Kick off the new year with a jaw-dropping 30% off of some of the hottest sex toys and my favorite, Gleam Lube, with code EXPLORES30 when you shop thethruster.com. Known as the home of the incredible build-your-own-thruster prime, thethruster.com is also partnered with lassiere.com, where you'll find gorgeous vibrating steel toys, and boutiquevoila.com, where you can grab a vibrating lipstick, a rubber ducky that gets lucky, or even get pounded by... Thor's hammer, literally, all for 30% off with code EXPLORES30. Just head to thethruster.com where you'll find The Thruster, Lassier, and Boutique Voila and enjoy 30% off your site-wide purchases with code EXPLORES30 at checkout. Cheers. Men, but only because most of my content, like the algorithm, goes towards men. Um, women at the women that it goes to are usually women in this industry. So they are fairly positive. And I think with men, we're having this growing, growing problem with a lot of men being angry in general. We have like the manosphere. I don't know how much you know about like manosphere and the incel kind of world and like the stuff that they're, they're really pushing. And like with the rise of figures like Andrew Tate and these kind of people, they they're getting this like big, angry, lonely male audience and their number one kind of target for hate is is women like us Mm -hmm. um i think that for sure is is like for instance on twitch the words that are banned like you can't use the word incel you can't insult people and call them incels you can't but you can say whore you can say slut you can't say virgin incel or sin those are the three words you can't say all derogatory terms for men but no derogatory terms against women those are all allowed it's crazy because there's such a big base there and they like, you know, get together and they're like, yeah, you know, society's going down the drain because their idea is that what this has done is this has allowed women all these options and women are all going for the top percentages of men and they're all being promiscuous and that's leaving, I guess, a percentage of men with nothing. And that's kind of where this is being fueled from. Oh God, it makes me so fucking angry. It's a whole different topic. So I'm not going to let allow myself to go down the rage path that is inside of me right now. Oh, and you know, what's funny is those same, you don't know how many times I get a comment and then I'll just randomly open my OnlyFans account and it's the same username. Subscribe to your OnlyFans. (laughs) You have no idea how often those people that make those comments are in my DMs, you know, saying completely different stuff. Right. And, and they, shame other men. That's the part that bothers me the most is somebody will give me a compliment. Oh my God. And you know how many comments will get under simp, simp, simp. You're a simp. You're supporting these women. You're not an alpha male. Like, you know, it's, it's just, Oh God, the whole alpha male. Anyways, again, <laughs> I could, I could really rage on this one, but um, I, I, I've been pretty surprised with my podcasts so far. I have been shocked at how many men I have that gotten that are reaching out that like are genuinely wanting to like understand well and I address a lot of talk about how to have sex and how women want to have sex and how to get us off because I'm all about getting more orgasms for my body um yeah and I I've been lucky to enough at this point to have a good listener base uh of all genders, but when it comes to men who who seem to be very um, concerned about showing up in the right way for women, uh, 
But it's funny, yeah, you go over to the social media, that's when I get hit with some of the the, in, the incels. Fuck you, motherfuckers, by yeah. the way. Come at me, you fucking pathetic pieces of shit. I know. But, I, I kind of divide. Like, if there's a point, like, if someone just, just, like, those are the comments I like. But if I can tell this person is just very sad, I'm just, like, better me than that. I mean, better them than me. Right. I wouldn't want to be them. Their lives are, you know, they got the short end of the stick in at least one way, if not a multitude of ways, and I didn't. So, right. sucks for you. Oh, that's a great, uh, you're so much nicer than me. You know, instead of listening to Andrew Tate tell you how to get laid, listen, listen to us. Listen uh, to us. God damn it. Yeah. Help you get laid. I promise you, Jordan Peterson is not going to help you get laid. <laughs> listen to us. I'm like, if you want to know how to fuck a woman, listen to women. We'll tell you how to exactly. fuck us. <laughs> exactly. We'll tell you what to do. And, and try. if you pound your chest and say you're an alpha male, it, it really doesn't do anything for us. <laughs> Nobody is coming to that. Nobody. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, so we we do need to wrap. I, have so, I could go on and on talking to you. But it's so fun. So, I have so <laughs> many questions. But one, I'm going to final question uh, before we wrap it up. And then I want to make sure everybody knows uh, where to find you. Also, if you guys go over to YouTube, I will be posting this there. And I will have Jasmine's handles all over that throughout. Um the video so that you can follow her and you're definitely going to want to follow her. Uh, she's a fun creator. I've checked out her stuff. I took so I studied her. So <laughs> and I highly recommend her. Um, I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. But I want to know how has this affected your sex life, your relationship life? Like, do you have a relationship? What does that look like? I am pretty single right now. Um, Because I, I, I will say like before when I was like in law school and I was, I had this fear about the future. I used to like use men as like, an, I used to cling on to them as like an outlet because I didn't want to face the world. Now I'm like, I got shit to do. Like I sometimes got to put on my to-do list to like text back this guy or text back that guy. Um, but it has made me, I think it has made me more confident. And, you know, there's also this, another misconception that I think a lot of these insult type men tell themselves to feel better is who's going to want to date a girl like that. Every single man, I've literally, <laughs> nobody has not wanted to talk to me or date me because I have an OnlyFans. Not one. You know, I think it's like this myth that people, men don't want women who are like, and it's like, just look, I mean, the most desired women like ever, like Marilyn Monroe to Cleopatra, to, were always like the sexually promiscuous or whatever women. So that's not true at all. It hasn't affected my dating life by having an OnlyFans. In fact, I think a lot of people think it's really cool. And they're, and when you're doing something that you love and you're passionate about, and I think it's the same thing for my parents and anybody, they don't respect what I'm doing, but they respect the fact that I'm standing up for my principles and I'm living on life on my own terms. And no matter who you are, what you believe, you people respect that in other people. I and I definitely that with everybody like, Oh, she really is going to do what she wants. And that to me is real self-respect. Real self-respect is living in alignment with your morals, having integrity, standing up for yourself and not letting other people dictate your life for you. And that's attractive in everybody. So I feel like my dating life is like better than ever because I have like so many, like I I'm feel good. I feel sexy. I have like so many people that like want to spend time with me. And then my problem is though, that I rather just sit in my room and like get high and watch a movie. And then I kind of don't talk. To but besides that, if I wanted to, I could be living it up. <laughs> the, the point is, is that you get to choose when, where, and how that looks. And if you don't want to engage exactly. in that and you want to get high and watch a movie, that that's fine. Uh, so that's, and that's a pressure that I, I have felt in my life is, is I've, I may be very comfortable being naked and whatever and showing off my body, but I'm not somebody that is comfortable. Like I don't have a bunch of cat, not because I have a moral opposition to it, but just because I don't feel like, and I used to feel this pressure being like, why can't I do this? I should want to do this. I should just, and I was like, no, I, I should just do whatever I want. That's what all women should do. If I don't feel comfortable doing it, I shouldn't force myself to do it because it's like, you know, what I feel like I should be doing. Right. Same thing with the content I make, just do what feels good to you. Do what's comfortable for you. Don't worry about what other people think or what you feel like you should be doing or trying to stay on brand with being a you know sex worker. If I am a sex worker online and I don't want to have sex for like two years, fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, Jasmine, I want you to give uh, the listeners all of your handles. Where can they find you? 
So the easiest place is literally to just go to jasminejafar.com. So my name is here. Um, it's just one word, jasminejafar.com. That will take you straight to all my links, my OnlyFans, if that's your thing, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, all of that fun stuff. So that's definitely the place to go. It's kind of has everything. Right. And um, you can always scroll down in the notes in this episode. I will put links so that you can just click and get there as well. You guys know where you can find me. I am on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Locker Room Talking Shots. Uh, you can follow me on my personal Instagram, Bing Benedetti. Uh, head over to TikTok. It's Locker Room Talk podcast there and of course youtube I gotta follow that. <laughs> <laughs> of course youtube uh, my handle is annette benedetti long last name but you guys you guys can figure it out so thank you for joining me i really enjoyed this conversation and i want to just let you know how grateful i am that you've taken the opportunity and you know been willing to talk to me about this it's been yeah of course thank you so much I've, I've really enjoyed doing this too and it's so nice to connect with other people that support sex work and are open to what we do it's it's amazing and want to hear more and want to spread our words so thank you so much absolutely so guys until next time i'll see you in the locker room cheers <laughs> Ring loop. Bring sexy back in 2024 with hot lingerie, sensual body products, and adventurous sex toys from lovehoney.com, all at a 15% discount with code EXPLORES15. Embrace your inner bombshell with their gorgeous brawn panty sets, baby dolls, and corsets. Then explore your desires with their line of toys that range from vanilla is my flavor to tie me up and call me good girl daddy. And don't forget to treat yourself to a massage candle or essential body oil, all for 15% off with code EXPLORES15 when you shop lovehoney.com. That's right, 15% off on lingerie, sex toys, and more when you shop lovehoney.com and use code EXPLORES15 at checkout. Cheers.